MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Hey, Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume, uh, episode number 84, I think, if I'm counting these right. Uh, Tuesday, September 30th, 2014. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little distracted, I got in a little bit late. Um, if you're listening live, join the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. If you're listening via podcast, you can always check it out live every Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m., Eastern time, and if you'd like to Skype in, it's alcohol by volume, all one word, or the phone number if you uh, would like to use a uh, telephonic device, 862-345-7125. Okay. Just double checking some things here. Make sure that's not important. Okay. Ah, so, um... Oh, okay. First of all, uh, I uh, opened up a new uh, ABV official Cafe Press store with some shirts, pint glasses, shot glasses, etc. So if anybody's interested in that, um, you know, maybe one or two of you. Um, I, I already bought some pint glasses for myself. So uh, you know, if you want to buy some, cafepress.com slash alcohol by volume. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I got the uh, new ABV YouTube channel going up where I'll be doing regular quickie beer reviews and the like. Um, the URL right now, let me double check that that's, that's actually working because I've been switching it over with some stuff because of Google+. And I want to make sure the channel is still there at the moment. And Okay, yeah. right. As for right now, it's uh, youtube.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Like I said, I'm in the process of linking it to a new uh, Google Plus page that's actually a page and not a profile. The profile I had for ABV really made no sense the way it was, so I switched over to a page which is more effective for, you know, a brand or product or whatever. Um, So stuff might be a little wonky at first. I think think the approval for the account transfer went through, but I'm not really messing around with it 
right now during the show. Maybe I'll mess around with a little bit during break to uh, get that figured out and update you all on that. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try and have reviews up uh, weekly. My hope is to have them up every Saturday, uh, at least every Saturday. And you know, if I have any extras, I can throw them up during the week. So this uh, past weekend... On Saturday, I was in uh, Pennsylvania for a video job and, of course, decided to check and see if I could find some stuff that I can't find here in Jersey. And, of course, with Pennsylvania's ridiculous liquor laws, I had to buy cases of stuff and I uh, bought two cases of stuff. I got blueberry cobbler ale from Atwater Brewing out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I love Atwater and they... Didn't go wrong with this one. Um, that's pretty good. I, I may do a, a video review on that one too. Um, considering I have a whole fucking case of the stuff. Oh, okay, right black on cracks. I think people are mostly interested in you trying all kinds of disgusting stuff. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a review for that pizza beer then. Just just because people will probably love that. Um, the other thing I got in Pennsylvania was something I had never seen before. So I had to pick it up. Sprecher Hard Root Beer. Uh, that one, um, did I do a review for that one? No. Uh, the first review I did was actually for a uh, growler that I got on Saturday. Um, uh, what the hell? Uh, Newberg Cafe Sour. If you didn't watch the review, well, you should. You know, you can do it after the show. YouTube.com slash MLR Alcohol by volume. It's really interesting because it's a combination coffee and sour. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's actually classified as on Beer Advocate, like which style. So let me... uh, Thank you, autocomplete. I obviously go to Beer Advocate way too much. Uh, Newberg Cafe Sour... Okay, it's listed as an American Amber Red Ale. It is really interesting. I settled this in the review, but I'll say it again, you know, because that's what I do. Um, very interesting because you take a smell off of it, and it very much smells like just straight-up coffee, you know, black coffee, or African-American coffee. I know Dennis ain't in the chat yet. Um, you take a sip, you get that sour punch there. It's not It's not huge, but it's enough. And then you get that hint of coffee at the back end. It's, it's a really strange combination that really, really, really works. Uh, if they still have it on tap at my uh, store this coming weekend, I may end up getting another growler of it because it's, it's really, really good, really different, but I like it. Mm. Um, oh, and... And I was at that same same store getting the growler. I was just looking around to see if anything else uh, had new had popped up there. And lo and behold, not new. I've had it before. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And whenever the season comes around for it, I get it. Boulder's Shake Chocolate Porter. So good. So I was very, very happy to have grabbed that. Um, and... It, and spe- speaking of disgusting stuff, which uh, Shake is not, Shake is definitely not disgusting, um, Roy Black on Crack talking about me trying disgusting stuff, he said he tried the smoker's lung, and it wasn't as bad as it sounded. 
Uh, I'm actually curious what that is now. Um, I am assuming some sort of beer and not uh, some kind of mixed drink. Uh, uh, smokers, lung. Looking it up right now. See if I can figure this out. Uh, okay, so maybe maybe it is a uh, shot or a mixed drink with uh, cigarette ashes in it, right? Okay. Uh, back to the chat. I'll wait for uh, Roy Black on Crack to fill me in on that. Um, and then uh, in terms of other beer that I have coming to me, because I don't have enough, with two fucking cases sitting next to me. Um, it's good, though, so I can't complain. I made an order on one of the websites that actually does sell beer online. I had held off from doing that for the longest time just because it's pricey. It's it's tough for me to find stuff that I really, really want to get that I can't normally find in my area. I mean, there are some things I will see on these sites where, oh, it's something from New Glarus, but... I don't know if it's something, you know, it's not necessarily something I really wanted and I'm just looking at the brewery name and a lot of the time it's, it's just not, nothing really jumps out at me. Well, this time I saw a, um, where was it? It was on the fullpint.com. They were talking about how, uh, inside the seller.com they have in stock to ship the new, uh, stone enjoy by, uh, 103114 IPA, which is is only going to 11 markets, my market not being one of them, so I got a bottle of that. Then they also have the Enjoy After 103115 Brett IPA from Stone, so I ordered that to ensure that I actually get one. I don't want another beer camp debacle. Um, and, um, that's, and then I also ordered a four-pack sampler from Modern Times in San Diego. I've always heard good things about Modern Times. So I got a four-pack sampler. It's one of each of their beers. Um, and they're actually pretty well-rated on Beer Advocate. They have their Loma Land Saison, uh, Fortunate Island Session Wheat IPA, Black House Oatmeal Coffee Stout. This was the one that sold me on it. Um, it's described as tasting like chocolate-covered espresso beans. I'm not going to turn that down. And Blazing World Hoppy Amber. The cost of the beers itself was about 37 bucks, and then on top of that, 26 bucks shipping. Yeah, shipping ends up pricey when you ship beer, but to be honest, it would be like that way in a beer trade anyway, and you know, th- this, this is something I, I get to pick stuff that I definitely, definitely want, and I intend on reviewing these on the YouTube channel when the time comes. Uh, for the Enjoy After IPA, I'm obviously letting that one sit until next October. And if I'm fortunate enough, uh, fortunate enough to find a bottle for sale out here, I'll buy another to crack open earlier to compare. Uh, I know they have a date on those bottles where you can open it at this point because it'll have finished carbonating, but you're not going to get the full development of the beer. So if I am able to get a second one, I'll open that one early and then compare it down the road. Um, ugh. Okay, so Smoker's Lung is a Jägermeister with mayonnaise. I should have known that. Um, I, I'm, I'm gathering it was probably just more some of the consistency than anything. I mean, I've done some Met Mixer shots, and that has that nasty consistency to it, but the taste is actually pretty damn good. So, I, I don't know how... Well, I would think the Jägermeister would really um, overwhelm the mayo anyway. And, and then it would just be all texture that's kind of grossing you out. 
Um, and then, um, son of a bitch, I didn't bring my phone down here, otherwise I could probably talk a little bit more about it, but there's a new beer app that I'm beta testing called Stoutful. Um, let me see if I can find the Google Plus page for it. Um, uh, here we go. Well, the first link is a Reddit one. Oh, okay, here we go. So this is the Reddit link from uh, the developer of it. He says, uh, hey guys, I've been working on a beer app for Android that's somewhat similar to Untapped, but tries uh, to focus more on discovering beers that are similar to the user's taste. It's currently in beta. I'm looking for people to use it and provide feedback. Since this app is targeted toward experienced and novice beer drinkers, I'd like to get some feedback from you guys on both the app in general and on the accuracy of the flavor profile it generates. I haven't used much of it yet. Um, I think I actually just installed it yesterday. I've um, put a couple drinks in there so far. Um, a couple bits of functionality when you actually have your drink, you could, you uh, you toast it instead of just you know logging it. Um, if you actually enjoy said beer that you're having, you can quote like it. That's actually, you know, same as Facebook with that. Um, but if anybody is actually interested in beta testing this app, um, th- there's no sense in me trying to give you the, the Google Plus um, community to get approved for the beta. And it's it, really, it's just, you know, invite me into the community. Okay, here, now you can download it. Um, do a search, um, uh, if you're on Reddit, do a search for Stoutful. S-T-O-U-T-F-U-L, a new beer app for Android, and it'll uh, bring you right to the thread. Uh, the app requires Android 4.1 Plus, so if you got an older Android phone, not going to do it for you. But um, this, this guy is really involved in the thread, you know, taking, um, taking suggestions, taking criticisms on them. Even the um, one of the developers from Untapped is in the thread, too. And I think, honestly, I think these guys kind of work together on this in a way because it each app brings its own different flavor to it i wouldn't see stoutful replacing untapped i would see it as being a compliment to it um you know just it, it's kind of like you know rate beer has its place beer advocate has its place they're both you know they both have beer ratings and stuff like that um but every every site every app brings its own little unique thing to it um hop back to the chat here. Okay, yeah, Roy Black Eye Crack says it pretty much does overwhelm the mayonnaise. And I like the flavor of Jägermeister, so that's probably a stupid shot I would actually do because, well, I'm an idiot. Let's see. Did I have anything else at the top of the show here? Yeah, I will I will fully admit the news wires were very thin on thin on stuff this week. Not a lot of not not a lot of big news stories going on uh, in the beer world. I mean, really, um, a, a lot of it was overwhelmed by the Great American Beer Fest, and that's one of those kind of things where, if you're not there, it's not particularly interesting news. It would be like if um, I don't know, say with a um, you know, like a show like you know the show that's on before me, Antisocial Gamer Radio. Say it was uh, PAX East, and basically, you know, Ash spent the entire show talking about PAX. Eh, it's more interesting kind of thing if you're there. And I know Ash doesn't do that. He may he may make reference to 
you know, something that was revealed at PAX or something like that. But so the Great American Beer Fest is a cool event, but it it doesn't really lend itself to uh, talking about on a live show. So, uh, and besides, if you want, if you want to find out anything about that, uh, there's a there's a probably a wealth of uh, random information about it. Uh, so I'll I'll get into one little news story before I uh, dip into the uh, discussion topic for the week that I actually got from um, from Little Matt uh, last week. He he brought this up to me, and I thought it was a pretty good topic. And I posted on the Facebook group, fa- posted on Twitter and stuff. Um, but I'll get to that in a moment here. This article, um, I, I saw it in a few different places, but I got this uh, particular copy from Engadget. Uh, Belgian brewery to reduce truck use with underground beer pipeline. Uh, get ready for the mispronunciations here. In order to cut down on the number of trucks it puts on the streets, Brouwerage de Havman is working with the city of Bruges, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. God damn it. Fucking Belgians. And their nice language. Mm. Um, To construct an underground beer pipeline. While the brewing still happens at its original site, filtration, bottling, and shipping operations were moved outside of town in 2010. To get the tasty beverages from point A to point B, dozens of trucks go back and forth each day, but not for much longer. Folks familiar with the Cleveland, Ohio-based Great Lakes Brewing Company may recall that it uses an underground system to send its suds from a production facility to a tap room slash pub across the street. Now, that's across the street. In um, Belgium, they're going a little bit bigger with this. They're replacing the three-mile tanker route with 1.8 miles of polyethylene pipe and cutting transit time to between 15 and 20 minutes. Uh, De Havman claims the system can send out 6,000 liters per hour on top of cutting traffic and reducing emissions. What's more, the brewery will foot the bill for installation and road repairs, reducing the financial burden on the city. Now, that last bit, that's classy. And I think you, you see more of that with, you know, craft beers in the U.S., for instance, where they're not, well... They're not particularly looking for a handout. Yeah, I know they got those, um, like the incentives now for smaller brewers and stuff. But I think that's really more just to to grow the the brewing community, if anything. Um, but yeah, not uh, not making the the fine people of Belgium pay for this. They're actually doing it themselves. So I got I got to commend them for that. Uh, let's see if there are any. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jim May on Engadget in the comments. Why are we talking about beer? Is this Engadget or beer advocate? Son of a bitch. Um, so let's see. CryptoKid999 says, The tunnel system was used for many years in Canadian breweries. Canadian law stipulated that beer could not be sold where it was brewed, so many breweries opened stores opposite the brewery and used forklifts through tunnels to deliver their product. Uh, somebody complaining that it's unsanitary. Fuck him. Mr. John Verco 1, you're John Verco number 2, in my opinion. That means you're shit. You get it? Um, let's see. Uh, okay, and, okay, this person at least, you know, raises a fair point. It's great that the initiative has taken place. It'll definitely save costs for the bar and make some happy customers. Um, however, I'm concerned in the long run it might harm the beer traveling through the pipes, harming the delicious beer with contaminants and causing health risks. 
I would be curious, how do they keep these pipes clean? There has to be some kind of uh, sanitizing system within these pipes because otherwise you're going to get stagnant beer left in there. You're going to, bacteria is going to grow. There's got to be a way that, uh, that they had this figured out. And in fact, you know what, let me see. There's, there's, a, there's an article on Wired that is linked here too. So I'm curious if they, because uh, I know Wired likes to go into a little bit more detail with this stuff. Um, no, nah, they, uh, they don't mention anything with that. Uh, City Lab. I mean, there's a Dutch source, but translation's not really going to help me. Um, yeah, I, I am actually very curious about the uh, sanitizing of this and whether they can keep it clean. Um, but, you know, I, I have a feeling we'll, we'll see we'll see some more uh, news articles about this as that project continues. So I'll get on to the discussion topic for the week. Um, and it is as Little Matt posed, is it good or bad to have certain expectations for beer purchases? This is uh, what he told me um, in a Skype chat last week. He said, last week I finally had a Wells Banana Bread beer, a beer I've wanted since the early episodes of the show. Now, we do we do both on the show and in the Facebook group and everything, we do tend to hype up that beer a lot. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. But we do have a tendency to hype it up. It, it's one of those, you know, gateway craft beers. So he went on to say, I expected this beer to be the first five-star blow my face off. However, I was let down thinking it was good, but not great making me think less of the beer because my expectations were so high. If a beer is that uh, finally five out of five, it may make me uh, it may make it feel even better. And I think I'm misreading. If a beer is finally five out of five, it may make... Okay. Yeah, so when... Basically, if you over... If you kind of overhype a beer in your head, you know, waiting to try it, waiting to try it, you build it up, you build it up, you build it up, and if it doesn't hit every single note that you have imagined in your head um i'll 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 use i'll use a comparison here um for anybody that watched um how i met your mother there was that one episode where they were looking for that uh the hamburger place where there was that best hamburger ever and they just kept not being able to find it you know something wasn't right with this one something wasn't right with this one and it, it's that, that hype of it. And then if you actually find it, maybe it's not as good as you remember. You know, this is, you know, similar to that. Um, I, I have an instance where I kind of ran into that. And strangely enough, it was with another um, Wells beer. It was with the sticky toffee pudding. When I saw that unveiled, I was like, oh, my God, are we going to get that in the States? I didn't know if it was ever going to come over from the UK. And when it finally did, I was looking around for it, and I finally found it, and I was so happy that I found it. And then I tasted it, and I was like, basically Matt's same reaction, that it was good, but not great. Now, I've talked to other people that didn't necessarily hype that particular beer up that much, and they really, really enjoyed it. And I think in my case, I, I had it hyped way too much in my head and I was I had this just grandiose vision of what it was going to be and it turned out not to be that and as a result, it disappointed me when it 
probably shouldn't have. Um, I, I have to admit, I haven't even tried it since. Um, maybe the next time I'm at the liquor store and they have it there, uh, there's one I go to that usually does have it. Maybe I'll pick up a four-pack and this time I can actually appreciate it for what it is. I have a feeling with, with Little Matt, it might be the kind of case where, you know, wait a couple months down the road and try it again when your expectations have been tempered. And that's what I'm hoping happens. Uh, hoping happens. Oof, too many HP words. Uh, with the sticky toffee pudding. So, I can say sticky toffee pudding, but I can't say hoping happens. Uh, but uh, some people chimed in on um, on Facebook as well. Let's see. Uh, I want to make sure. Let's see which links I got here. Uh, okay, this one. This one is in the Facebook group, I believe. Yes. Um, Mitch chimed in with uh, a perfect example here. He said, it's good to have an idea, but overhyping probably leads to disappointment. Like I said. Uh, an example, not beer-related, but last week my team went out to breakfast. It was to a joint. A few of them nonstop talk about the... Oh. Uh-oh. Speak oh the devil. Hey, Mitch. Hey! Hey, I'm just... So, I'm reading your comment right heard, now. Yeah, I heard that you just got to me, but I want to go back to the whole um, banana bread thing. Yes. Real quick, before you get into me, I'm mine. Um, I think, like... I don't know how it was for you, but when I first had the banana bread beer, mm -hmm. that was one of my first forays into the craft beer thing. You know, before that, it was like, oh, I was drinking Bud Light or I was drinking, you know, Sam Adams or you know, Organis or whatever, you know, normal, yeah. but big, big name known beers and everything. And, you're like, and then you had the banana bread beer and it was just so different from what you were used to drinking. Yeah. And, and that was, that that's was one of mine too. Is. Yeah, because I think and, I think Little Matt he he's had other craft beers, and the banana bread wasn't really his first foray into it. Right. And then you brought up that uh, sticky toffee pudding one, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I recently just had that one too, and I didn't really care for it that much, actually. Yeah, that one. It, I don't know. It, whatever it was, it it just I I didn't get much flavor out of it. I don't know what it was. No, and I tried it. I had it just by itself, and it was you know. It's not bad, but it's not something that I would, that I really cared for. Yeah. And then I tried like because I had made the banana bread or the black banana yeah. whatever with oh, the Guinness and the yeah. banana bread, mm -hmm. which is just amazing, by the way. I still have and to do that. I will keep hyping that one because it's just delicious. But um, yeah, I mixed it with Guinness and it still wasn't that great. Huh. I didn't think. And then um, another one actually that. I hyped up myself because I was so anxiously and patiently and everything waiting for it mm -hmm. was the last year, the Guinness red harvest stout. Yep. I remember that too. I kind of hyped myself up for that one too. Cause I, you know, you know, I love Guinness and everything. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be their next thing because I, I love a and I like harp and I'm like, okay, this is going to be the next one that I really like. And I had it and I was just utterly disappointed. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it was fine, but, it wasn't anything special, really. I didn't even really like it. I thought it was too airy. I thought there wasn't any flavor to it. Well, yeah, it. It, it it felt so much it, so much lighter than a regular Guinness, and it just I I there were so many other beers that I could have picked over that one. You know, the same right. style and everything. But and I know Guinness. What Guinness has like a couple new ones now that are going to be coming out within the next few months. I'm trying to remember what those are now. 
And I'm trying I not to know. hype I, myself up for those at all. <laughs> actually, I remember the the black lager was another one, which I didn't care for either. I think I got a six pack of it once. Yeah. And I've never had it since. I had somebody hype that up it, early on when I was getting into craft beer. Somebody at the liquor store hyped that up and said he swore by it. I'm like, okay, what the hell? I'll pick it up. And I'm like, eh, I don't get the big deal. Yeah. But it's all everybody's different tastes. Well, everyone's stupid, other than me. That too. <laughs> You're okay too. Oh, okay. Kevin. Sherry disagrees. Hi, Sherry. Stupid Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll let you get back to your list of things and talking about me some more. Okay. Bye. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. And that was Mitch. You can hear him uh, actually a little bit later tonight on Dutch and Royce and probably Sherry as well, who uh, I don't know if she was driving or in the passenger seat. Either way. Um, So back to what Mitch said on uh, Facebook here. Um, His uh, team went out to breakfast. It was to join a few of them nonstop talked about. The food was fine, but they hyped it up so much that he was disappointed. The food wasn't bad at all. Didn't blow him away by any means. And again, it... um, TV shows are like that too. I, I run into that with TV shows all the time where people, you know, say, oh, you got to watch this. Oh my God, this is the best show ever. Oh my God, you have to watch. And I start watching and I'm like, eh, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I, I fucking loved uh, Breaking Bad. I didn't really need anybody to get me into that. I didn't actually even start watching it until like I think after season three. But... I I never tried to hype that up to people. Um, I think the the only the only show that I have really hyped up to people and it's lived up to the hype with those people, thankfully, is uh, Supernatural, one of my favorite shows. That's actually I believe back for season ten next week. Um, but like you know, people people would hype up. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of an example. The Sopranos. I know it's blasphemy to speak ill of the Sopranos on MLR, but I, I could never, ever get into the show. People hyped up Seinfeld. It's a very mediocre comedy. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'd rather... I'd, there are other things I'd rather watch in syndication. I'd, shit, I'd rather, wa- rather watch Friends in syndication, which I will admit I was a you know, fan of that show. I'm sorry. Uh... Let's see. Some more comments on the uh, on the topic here. Okay, Marie, uh, also, you can uh, hear her on Dutch and Royce later tonight on Hippo Juice tomorrow from 7 to 9. Uh, she said she was disappointed by the Rogue Bacon Beer. That was pretty gross. Now, the Rogue Bacon Beer, I didn't mind that, but that was, I think that's because, similar to what Mitch was saying with the the banana bread beer being a lot of people's first foray into craft beer. Um, the rogue was it, uh, maple, maple bacon, whatever maple bacon, ale, maple bacon stout. I can't remember what it was. Um, but that was my first foray into bacon flavor in beers. Now, if I had had a good rock beer, like Ike Schlenkerla, uh, rock beer. The Urbach is still my favorite. Um, if I had had that before having the Rogue, 
I would have said, oh, the rogue is disgusting. But when I first had the rogue, I was like, well, this is kind of different. This this is, you know, pretty good. I, I swear if I had it now, I would think it was very weak, very artificial, and that it just it would not do it for me at all now. So I think some, sometimes perspective plays into it too. Um, timing, perspective, you know, and of course, you know, the hype that I was talking about before. Uh, let's see from, uh, Sherry. She says, uh, she thinks anything that is hyped up usually fails to meet expectations. Everybody's tastes and opinions are different. Yep. And again, with, with the hype, it's why I try so desperately not to hype certain beers up too much more. Um, and it's like, for instance, the, uh, stone enjoy by, I don't even really need to hype those up anymore. I've had it once, and I really know what to expect, and I like it. I think it's a it's a pretty pretty good IPA. Um, I'm trying not to hype up the enjoy after. Um, I mean, if I tuck it away somewhere and kind of forget about it, then I won't be able to you know hype it up except perhaps subconsciously. I'm trying to think of another recent beer that I've I've hyped up and what my reaction to it was honestly. Um I mean there there have been a few that I've been very much interested in finding um some of the recent stuff from Terrapin. Um like uh you know uh Guano Loco I wanted to find but I wasn't going crazy over it. When I found it I thought it was great. Um and perhaps it was because I didn't hype it up to all hell, you know, trying to find something, you know, expect something that it wasn't. Um, let's see. Uh, what else I got here? Um, I thought I had a... God damn it, I thought I had another comment. And I did. Uh, where are my links? Where the fuck did they go? Why did I close that tab? Okay, there we go. Um, wait, what the hell? My computer's doing weird things. Okay. Um, I actually posted this in uh, the Beer Drinkers United Facebook group. And, oh, Jesus, a nice picture of uh, shirtless Mitch just got enlarged. Yeah, see, I have that plug-in in Chrome where if you mouse over an image, it enlarges it to full size. And now I have a, a hunky picture of Mitch Cumberbatching. Right on my screen. Uh, let's see. I have Declan Kearns saying, uh, and this was you know in response to is it good or bad to have certain expectations for beer purchases. Said no. At the end of the day, it's the opinion of the consumer, i.e., you, the purchaser, that matters. You can listen to all the hype you want, but taste is personal and not tailored. You either enjoy or you don't. Hype won't dictate that. Nice. And then uh, Claude Darnell, he said, I can see both sides of it. Sometimes I like to just go in and find a beer I've never really heard of. Um, read the description on the bottle by it, um, and then see what comes of it. But I also like a really good recommendation from a fellow beer drinker, even though I realize that builds up my expectations. I guess at the end of the day, though, having my mind in neutral about a certain beer is probably the best place to start to be able to give an honest opinion about it and get the most enjoyment out of it. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I find that I enjoy a beer more if I go in expecting to hate it. Um that was that was what dipped me more into the IPAs. Honestly, uh, I I was I was you know drinking IPAs. I'd I'd buy like a double IPA, thinking oh, this is going to be rough, but I I should really try it. I should really try it. 
And once once I got over that perception and I guess like the negative hype on my end in a way, I realized I was able to enjoy it without any you know real preconceived notions. It, it, it's it's a weird way back and forth on that. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, um, I think that was it for those comments on that particular thread. Um, and of course, you know, if if you want to chime in on it on the on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume, you can uh, put in your two cents there. Let us know what you think. Or also message me on Twitter, uh, MLR underscore alcohol on Twitter. So let's see what else I got here today. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm thin. I'm thin on material here. But I'm going to make it work because I'm entertaining, goddammit. I picked this one up from lovebeerlovefood.com. Please excuse the name of the site. Well, I mean, it, it, it is actually maintained by a certified Cicerone, so that's fine. I, I, can, I can deal with that. Um, it's entitled Stop Calling Your Beer Hoppy. Uh, and the uh, article starts with, Hoppy has practically become as ubiquitous a word as beer in the craft world, and I can't stand it anymore. Wow, this beer is so hoppy. Ooh, I can't stand hoppy beers. What? I love hoppy beers. Sound familiar? Now, I I used to be, and sometimes still am guilty of this, simply because once I, like, for instance, once I started getting into the beers that accentuate the hops more, I'm not going to call them hoppy beers, I'm going to say they accentuate the hops more, be it aroma or taste, um, I didn't know any better. I, I did not know any better. Um, when... I went in, I really thought that bitter was hoppy. Bitter equals hoppy. No, bitter does not equal hoppy. Hoppy does not equal bitter. Um, you can have a beer that accentuates the hops, like an IPA, be extremely bitter, but you can also have it be extremely mild. Um, you know, hoppy can be taste or aroma. It can be tropical aroma, tropical taste. You know, you, you smell, you know, pineapple. Or, you know, you taste, um, you know, a little bit of, like, a pine grassiness kind of thing. You know, both those tastes and aromas. Um, so let me go back to this. Um, duh, 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 duh. Firstly, hoppy does very little to actually describe a beer. Really? Think about it for a minute. What is hoppy? A beer that has a lot of hops in it, but aren't all beers a certain level of hoppy? And that makes sense. Um Hops of the seasoning of beer range in flavor from herbal, spicy, floral, tropical, citrusy, piney, so on. Uh, Hoppy does absolutely nothing to describe these flavors, which is a problem if you love the tropical aroma and flavors of some New Zealand hops, but hate the pininess of West Coast American hops. Hoppy just isn't enough. For me personally, I prefer the more tropical New Zealand hops. The West Coast American hops, like the more piney, earthy kind of things, those, I think those were the ones that I really didn't like and that I was thinking of as hoppy. So, kind of explains that there, at least. Um, he goes on in this article. Secondly, and I'm assuming this is a, this is a he. Is it a he? Um, about and contact info. Let's see who this is. So, I keep saying he. Oh, dear. Nope. Her name is Lindsay. Oh, she ain't bad looking. Hmm. 
So, okay, she. I will refer to her as she now. Um, secondly, hoppy means very different things to different people. Uh, one person's too hoppy is another person's easy drinking pale ale. And that's true. Um, somebody that's used to Bud Light all the time and suddenly drinks, say, a Sierra Nevada pale ale is going to instantly, you know, they if they have a small grasp of the beer world terminology, they might say that that Sierra Nevada pale ale is too hoppy. Um, maybe the beer starts out with a pleasant herbal noble hop aroma and finishes with a crisp snappy bitterness. Uh, to some, that German Pilsner you just drank is super hoppy. To others, if it's not an extra imperial double dry hopped IPA, then it ain't hoppy. And lastly, perhaps most importantly, describing a beer as hoppy may turn off people who think they hate hoppy beers. Again, ugh, pointing at me. Um, I I didn't know. I, and that's 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 why this show is around to educate, not not just educate you, the listener, but to educate me, the boob behind the mic. Um, this is uh, something I mentioned before. Hoppy is frequently misused as a synonym for bitter, which may or may not be true. Um, let's see. Uh, IBU, International Bittering Unit, is the technical calculation for measuring hop bitterness. But it gets tricky because a hoppy beer may have intense hop flavor and aroma without being very bitter at all. Uh, additionally, beers with very high IBUs, um, higher than 40 or 50, may not have much perceived bitterness. good example of this comes when comparing a double or imperial IPA and a Russian imperial stout. Both have high IBUs, but the strong, somewhat sweet, dark malt presence in the uh, Russian imperial stout will balance out the bitterness, resulting in far less apparent bitterness. You'll notice this a lot. If you, um, if you see um, a selection of beers that does have the IBU listed on it, look up your Imperial Stouts. I There's um one, one Russian Imperial Stout that I remember, and uh, I don't remember the brewer on it. It, it. I remember seeing it build a six-pack. It was 88 IBUs. There are IPAs and even sometimes double IPAs that don't reach that high in the you know bitterness units, but they don't have that same bitter taste that, you know, the... 70 IBU IPA does. So, hoppy hoppy is a weird descriptor like that. Uh, those people who think all so-called hoppy beers are bitter are therefore less likely to try something someone describes as hoppy. Again, this is describing me. She is writing about me. Um, also, a lot of people don't realize the range of flavors that hops can have. Yes, and that is exactly why I got that Latitude 48 deconstructed pack to really discover that range. If if you're at all interested in the range of hops, that is a beautiful fucking crash course in it. Because getting those single hops in each beer, it's perfect for separating those flavors. Um, and then when you taste the Latitude 48 and you get the whole combination of that, if if, if you can tolerate you know, those... See, I almost did. I almost did the, the hoppy flavors. If you can tolerate those specific hop flavor elements, um, like I remember the, what was it, the, the number one in it. Uh, I'm using the, the empty case as a recycling bit. Uh, the East Kent Goldings IPA and uh, the Mosaic, especially the Mosaic. The Mosaic was definitely pineapple. And see, this is funny too. It, it describes it on the side of the box 
and I, I must be getting better at this because when I was drinking the Mosaic, I had not even looked at the descriptor and I caught the pineapple in it. <laughs> Oddly, especially when I burped. Don't know why. But uh, yeah, it says subtle fruit notes of pineapple and orange and hints of eucalyptus. Uh, the East Kent Goldings, uh, earthy floral with notes of apricot. And then as it kind of went through, um, it started delving more. The Hallertau uh, Mitterfru, um, that started going down with the citrus and more with the pine. Simcoe, you get some citrus and it jumps up with the pine. And then Zeus, you're like full on with the pine hops. So it just, it really runs the gamut from full on tropical floral hops all the way into that piney resinous kind of thing. So if, if, if you're ever interested really in finding out the differences between variations of hops, that is that is the way to do it. Uh, and then to finish this article, uh, the next time you hear the H word about to exit your mouth, consider adding some description. See, like I did. Uh, for example, this beer has some great citrus and pine hop aroma. Or better yet, don't even use the word hop at all. Just describe the beer as you see it. Let other people make up their mind. And it is true. Yeah, hoppy is hoppy has become that that catch-all thing, and it, it's because of the proliferation of IPAs. That's really what happened. I think if we did not have that big boom of IPAs, we hoppy would not be a term that is used as much as it is now. Um, ooh, throat getting dry. Had to finish that beer. Let's see what do I open next. Um, what goes good after that sour? Uh, you know what? I think I will go for the blueberry because I don't think the uh, shake would necessarily. Ooh, and you know what? Oh, before I run. Oh God! Before I run out of uh, shake, I'm gonna have to do a half and half of this blueberry cobbler ale and the shake chocolate porter. I think those could uh, those could go very well together. And. Hell, in fact, ooh, that would be good for a beer review too. God damn it! But I, I want to, I want to uh, steal Mitch's idea too and do the uh, the Guinness and the banana bread beer. Maybe do a review on that. I'll of course give Mitch full credit on that one. Haven't tried it yet. If Mitch says it's good, I completely trust him on that. Um, what the fuck is my browser doing? Uh, my browser is being stupid as usual. Uh, maybe Ash like shunted his computer problems over to me. Okay. And are there any comments? Oh, there are comments on this article. And, um, you know, you have your usual, you know, yes! And that's about it. Uh, you know, it's definitely one of my pet peeves. Glad you agree. This was good, too, from Hark Johnny. Fun read and well-pointed, just like you wouldn't say, this bacon is so bacony, because there are better descriptors out there. I've called bacon bacony before. I think it's an excellent descriptor. <laughs> but yeah. Um Okay, and I'll I'll close I'll close this segment out with um this last comment on this article because I think this really sums it up. Well, it's true not all so-called hoppy beers are bitter. Most every bitter beer I've ever had has been overhopped. I think most people just use the term as a simple shorthand to describe the most dominant characteristic of the beer, like a hoppy double IPA. Uh, a malty Doppelbach, or even a yeasty Belgian ale. Yes, every beer has those ingredients and water, 
but when the dominance of one becomes immediately evident to any ordinary beer drinker, it should be no surprise that people point it out. Maybe not always, but most of the time, they're probably right. And it's funny, now that I think about it, uh, one of the beers I got from Modern Times, it it's called Blazing World, and it's described as a hoppy amber. So, I mean, even, even the beer manufacturers are using the terminology. I mean... Uh, there are better ways. I, I understand it, it's it's a catchy word to use, and it's it's short. You know, it's five characters that you can put on a label. Um, you know, you don't want to say, you know, instead of a hoppy amber, you don't want to say, you know, uh, a piney, floral, tropical amber. It, 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 too much, you know, pay by the character there. So I can understand in certain cases why it's used. I would just, you know, maybe on, you know, further on the label, they could say, you know, this hoppy amber is, you know, filled with the with the aroma of, uh, you know, East Kent Golding's hops and blah, 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 you know, and kind of educate a little bit further. But I don't know. It's one of those terms that's going to be stuck out there for a while. See what happens with it. Uh, I will try and stop using it myself. Uh, well, you know, I can, uh, one more thing before break, uh, this was blown up all over my, uh, my Facebook feed and Reddit and everything. I, I was seeing it everywhere and it made me realize that I am clearly not that, well, depending on your perspective, not that bad a drinker or not that good a drinker. It was, uh, the chart from the Washington post entitled, uh, think you drink a lot. This chart will tell you. The chart measured the average number of drinks per capita consumed in the past week um, by, what, ter- what is that term, by decile? Okay. Uh, among adults aged 18 and over. I don't need none of your math words. 30% of American adults don't drink at all. Another 30% consume, on average, less than one drink per week. So that basically means I'm in the um, top uh, 40%. Woohoo! On the other hand, the top 10... Okay, now, this this was interesting. On the other hand, the top 10% of American adults, 24 million of them, consume an average of 74 drinks per week, or a little more than 10 drinks per day. <laughs> Good lord. Um... Wow. Uh, and while I do this, you know, I want to see what the what the fuck does decile mean? Uh, each of ten equal groups into which a population can be divided according to the distribution of values of a particular variable. Oh, okay. So it's instead of like saying instead of going by like percentiles, that makes sense. So um, like the bottom decile and the second decile zero drinks, third decile zero drinks. And this is talking per week. I would probably fall into the ninth decile, which is 15.28 drinks per week. And then the top decile just staggers right over that, uh, prefer- pr- prominently with DUIs and everything, 73.85 drinks per week. Um, let's see. Full on in the article here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, do you drink a glass of wine with dinner every night? That puts you in the top 30% of American adults in terms of per capita alcohol consumption. Woohoo! We're the top. If you drink two glasses, that would put you in the top 20%. Woohoo! 
But in order to break into the top 10% of American drinkers, you would need to drink more than two bottles of wine with every dinner, and you'd still be below average among those top 10 percenters. These are fucking people that are drinking fucking handles, multiple handles of vodka per night. Uh, The top 10% of American drinkers, 24 million adults over age 18, consume on average 74 alcoholic drinks per week. That works out to a little more than four and a half, 750 milliliter bottles of Jack Daniels, 18 bottles of wine, or three 24 can cases of beer in one week. Um, and the person that wrote this uh, article double checked these figures just to make sure she wasn't reading them wrong. It's hard to imagine consuming 10 drinks a day, but there are a remarkable number of people who drink a couple of six packs a day or a pint of whiskey. I would not be able to walk. I I would not I not you know fuck being able to work, being able to go to work. I would not be able to function. I would be laying on the floor pissing and shitting and puking myself were I to drink that much. And it would be for everybody's uh everybody's amusement. Um boy <laughs> black on crack. Just put some sciency gibberish on it. Beer snobs will eat it up. Um Let's see. One consequence is that the heaviest drinkers are of greatly disproportionate importance to the sales and profitability of the alcoholic beverage industry. If the top decile somehow could be induced to curb their consumption level to that of the next lower group, the total ethanol sales would fall by 60%. That is crazy. Um, you got to think, if, if suddenly everybody who is an alcoholic, was no longer an alcoholic. Could you imagine the effect on the alcohol industry? Good Lord. Um, well, okay, and somebody here is trying to say um, the data could be misleading. They probably call a drink one shot or a small glass of wine. So if you go out with friends on a Friday night and have three margaritas, that counts as nine drinks because each has about three shots in it. That puts you in the top 20% of drinkers. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> somebody's like mate if you're drinking three margaritas every single weekend you're a heavy drinker well i don't drink three margaritas every weekend but uh yeah i'm a heavy drinker um and this is it is curious um like the uh the time scale they did with this too because uh david philibert asks does the survey say the top 10 percent drink that amount week after week all year round or did the survey simply ask people how many drinks they had in the previous week if it's the latter as i suspect the data is believable on any given day some 10 percent of the population has likely done some serious drinking the previous week attended a frat party bachelor party some other celebratory event but if it's the former one would have to believe that 10 percent of the american population is committing suicide by drink with that 10 percent dying off every few years poisoned by alcohol only to be replaced by another 10 percent of drunks Extrapolating logically, Americans would be extinct within a generation from having drunk too much. That is a fair, fair point. Um, again, I, 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 I could not imagine how these 24 million Americans are able to function. Well, and think, think about it this way. These 24, well, do you think these 24 million Americans vote? It's possible. And it's frightening to think about that. Um, let's see. Well, this one guy says he's easily in the top 10%, possibly among the top 5%. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I hope you stay off the roads. All alcoholics think they can drive just fine until they slam headfirst into a car full of kids and kill them all. If you want to murder your liver and live with wet brain, that's entirely your call. Just leave other folks out of it. Should have done that in a more whiny voice because not all alcoholics think they can drive just fine. See, me, when I drink, I know when I shouldn't drive. And as a result, I don't get any DUIs and I do good radio because of it. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, and see, this is interesting. Um, okay, Roy Black on Crack says it's amazing what you can get used to. He said he met heavy alcoholics after they stopped drinking and they still acted the same. Wow. That, that I mean, I, I don't know if I have ever really known a just like staggering, completely functioning, you know, drunk all day alcoholic. I mean, you know, most of the time you hear, you know, it's like, you know, Oh, it's the drunk spouse or, you know, your friend's drunk dad who's, you know, drunk all day and whips out the belt and everything. I don't know. I, I, but I, ugh. it makes you wonder if they've just completely fucked themselves up mentally from it or if they were just always fucked up and the alcohol just happened to be another part of it. Um, after the break, uh, I, I, do, I do actually have news articles and I also have lists. So, I may toss back and forth between them. And, of course, of course, everybody's favorite, the new beer releases and reveals for the week. I uh, got some good stuff, uh, including a new thing from uh, Red Stripe. Yes, Red Stripe has a new beer coming out. We will talk about that after the break here on Alcohol by Volume. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! hey. Oh, the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on a pee? I am drunk. Or I wouldn't be talking to you. Mr. Turtle. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three, three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. See it right there. It's done. Theme song. Fuck. What? You can't even say it wrong correctly. <laughs> Mary Catley and Oshley. Stroking worse and Wow. See? Mary Cat and Billy Ocean? Well, I was the one you, who had you could probably, you could probably, You could probably say Mary Catley Olsen because then you wouldn't have to say Ashley. But you know what else? You know what else I read? What I figured out was interesting. Why don't people call it Ashley and Mary Kate Olsen instead of Mary Kate and Oshley? God damn it. Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. 
it's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Ollie. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, 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 man, oh, kind of does I barely that. touched her. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's better than me. Come on. Oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you that got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. <laughs> so if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. <laughs> we don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D-E-A-L-48 at adamandeve.com. You know the way at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, 
And now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show, that way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. What? Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians? Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, hey man. <laughs> uh, Spain? <laughs> uh, Singapore? <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel to dog. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe I then I then imagined Sean, did you my write this? I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my ass. I kept taking to the I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce Live Tuesdays from 10 to midnight. Only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Well, Winston, after 25 unanswered text messages to Nick and Jess this morning, I finally received a response. A smiley face. This leaves us with one choice. To become best friends. Huh? Yeah, fine. Okay, great. Now, as my best friend, I expect you to be willing to sacrifice everything for me at a moment's notice, including, of course, unfortunately for you, your dignity. Yeah, fine. Winston? What can I do for you? Don't talk to me that much. Never lie to me and never, ever touch my puzzle. Winston, do we, do we think now is really the right time to be starting a, a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I'm great at puzzles. You're a born puzzler, Winston. Sure. Um, but don't you agree that sometimes when you start puzzles, you get a little bit weird and, I don't know, intense? Spend a lot of time humming. Also spend a lot of time naked. I'm gonna do you puzzle right on the table. As nasty as you want to be. Hey, Smith, what do you think it's going to look like? What do I think it's going to look like? Yeah, the puzzle. Winston, it's on the box. The, the picture's on the box. It's a Japanese garden. Oh.
Welcome back to hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. We're on More Like Radio. The phone number to call in is 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. And if you uh, like to Skype it up, it's uh, Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Um... Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. Got, got a couple articles here that have to do with um, have to do with the uh, containers that beers come in. Uh, this is from Gizmodo, and to be fair, this was from uh, beginning of September. But you know, sometimes I hold on to articles a little bit. Uh, why beer isn't ordinarily sold in plastic bottles? It is a good question. Um, the only time I have ever really had beer in a plastic bottle is, well, I guess usually at uh, some kind of sporting event, and even then I usually get a beer in a cup, um, or that horrendous malt liquor I had it was in a plastic bottle, and uh, when I do my Mr. Beer kit, I have plastic bottles for that. Uh, when I do advance into a further level of homebrew. I am going to start moving into glass bottles. I'm just not there yet. Um, So, let's see how this article says here. Uh, During the 2012 Olympic Games, Heineken, the official alcohol sponsor of the game, stocked fridges across London with over a million plastic bottles of beer made especially for the event. While they claimed it was for environmental reasons, it has been speculated it was actually done due to safety concerns. For any event where you're going to have thousands of drunk people from various cultures watching a competition they're emotionally invested in, all within extremely close proximity to one another, it just makes sense not to give them tiny glass clubs and the potential means to stab one another. Makes sense. So they ask further, why the practice isn't more widespread? Um, Simply put, it affects how the beer tastes. Uh, Plastic is much more porous than glass. Glass is almost impermeable to oxygen and carbon dioxide. So, your beer will go flat a lot sooner in a plastic bottle than it does in a glass one because the uh, CO2 could easily escape, or more easily escape at least. Uh, The other benefit of glass is that it is almost completely taste neutral, which means that it doesn't chemically interact with what you store inside of it. Now, that you got to think that that was one of the biggest problems they had with cans for the longest time where, you know, people... You know, some people, you know, will call them, I don't know, uh, P-Rock. They'll um, they'll say that, you know, drinking out of a can tastes completely normal. Other people might have said that it had kind of a metallic aftertaste. Cans nowadays that are produced, they have like a, a special liner inside so that the beer is never really making contact with the metal. Um, but we're not talking about cans here. Um but it does, you know, make sense to the whole taste-neutral thing. Plastic, on the other hand, is chock full of chemicals that could potentially leach into your drink and ruin your beer and possibly more. Yet we still drink our uh, Diet Coke out of plastic bottles, don't we? Um, for example, the plastic most often used to store soft drinks and indeed some beer, polyethylene terephthalate. Terif- 
I think I got that. Often shortened to PET, which is what I'll do. Uh, leeches a toxic metalloid known as antimony, among other things. When stored at room temperature or less, the amount of antimony that leeches is generally deemed safe, but as temperatures increase, so do the antimony levels in your drink. When stored in an uninsulated garage for a few months in the summer or other warm areas, levels can exceed the recommended limits, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> you know what? Everything's going to kill us at some point. Um, whether it's plastic, whether it's the air, come on. Um, in regards to aluminum cans, oh, oh, see, I was talking about aluminum can. although they, they are spelling it, uh, there's aluminium. In regards to aluminium cans, like glass, aluminium is relatively impermeable, making it an ideal storage container for beer. Interestingly, the inside of aluminium cans are coated with a special polymer. Didn't I say polymer? Yes. Specifically to reduce the risk of aluminium leaching into the beverage, making them far safer. Among other things, elevated aluminium levels in the body have been linked to such diseases as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. In any event, aluminium cans also have the unique advantage of being entirely opaque, which protects the beverage it contains far better than other kinds of packaging. <sighs> Let me see. Let me scroll down the chat just to see if Dennis is hanging around. Uh, Dennis is missing the impressions. Poor guy. He must be working. Um, a further issue with plastic bottles. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, they go into the, the reason uh, glass helps protect the beer from the sun's rays. It, brown glass. Uh, green and clear glass does not do as well. We know that. Uh, further issue with plastic bottles is they simply can't stand up to the pasteurization process most beers undergo. Seeing that this makes sense too. After beer has been brewed and packaged, it'll usually be passed through a machine that <coughs> belches on it. Yes. Sprays it with boiling water to heat the liquid inside to kill off any microbes that could have survived the brewing process. This both ensures that beer is safe to drink and vastly improves its shelf life. While glass bottles and cans are more than capable of weathering this process without incident, plastic bottles tend to warp. Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on upstairs? I can, like, feel the fucking house shaking. <laughs> uh, this means you have to skip the process entirely or use a much more hard-wearing plastic, which increases its base cost, something companies are keen to avoid if possible. So, still glass, still aluminum cans. You are not going to find beer widespread, or at least not good beer, in plastic anytime soon. Um, to be fair, um, I'm not necessarily saying this is a... Um, well, okay, it certainly doesn't make the beer taste any better, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's Miller Lite. Actually, I think yeah, Bud, Bud Light does it too with the, um, the aluminum bottles. It's kind of a, you know... It's in the shape of a regular beer bottle, glass bottle, but it's made out of the aluminum like a can. Um, I Well, th they're thicker than the cans. I, I've never held one, but I'm assuming it's thicker than the cans. I'm wondering what the cost is of that versus regular bottles. Um, since I would gather they're not quite the same construction as a regular beer can... I would think it might be more expensive and therefore it is just kind of a gimmicky, you know, for you know, Anheuser-Busch and stuff like that. Of course, you know, those are also good for sporting events, the aluminum bottles, as opposed to, well, you can't have glass. 
plastic is going to suck and otherwise you're just, you know, doing everything on tap. But I, I, I need to actually uh, look into that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about those aluminum bottles now. Um, let's see. I want to see if there's any interesting comments in this discussion here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they're showing like uh, Miller Lite, uh, MGD, and Ice House did, uh, well, I don't know how long ago this was. It looks very long ago. I'm talking like maybe early 80s. Uh, Miller's plastic bottles comprised 2% of the company's packaging mix. Um, let's see. Somebody's saying soft drinks like Coke have changed their flavor horribly because of PET. Um, yeah, all beer cans are essentially lined in plastic. Um, now, see, okay, this this guy, uh, Doug Nash. Uh, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He says, despite claims of photosensitivity, the main reason you find colored glass bottles is because it's economically and environmentally superior to clear glass. Clear glass requires more pure, i.e. not recycled, silica and substantially more energy to produce, while colored glass is created from substantial stocks of recycled materials and the same energy inputs. Of course, Mad Piglet is a 22-pound cat, responded with most beers are photosensitive, though the brown glass helps keep light from reacting with the oils and the hops, which keeps your beer from tasting skunky. You know, you look at Heineken, you look at Rolling Rock. Uh, you ever had a skunky Heineken? You ever had a Rolling Rock? Of course you have, because those beers are highly susceptible to that. Okay. Eh, nothing. Nothing else. Mostly. And well. Okay. Somebody else is trying to say that. Uh, somebody else is trying to say none of it makes sense, and they're saying eh, sunlight doesn't do anything, and I don't know. Fucking stupid people. Deal with enough of them. Okay. Yeah. Roy Black on Crack says uh, if I buy beer in plastic bottles, I'll stick to the fifty ounce bottles to stay classic. Yeah. Of course. If you're gonna buy it in plastic. Pfft, Go big, dude. Why not? You know, hell, I mean, you know, with that malt liquor, I suppose I, you know, could have gotten like a 64 ounce if I had found one somewhere, but uh, didn't really feel like it. I stuck with the 40. Uh, and this uh, was another article uh, from Telegraph UK where it kind of goes into the whole can versus bottle debate. And I know I've covered this a little bit before here and there. But uh, does beer really taste better out of a bottle? I uh, used to be of the consensus that yes, it does. But uh, now, a lot of the time, I will if, if if I get a beer in a bottle, except maybe during show night, just because I'm too lazy to pour a beer. Um, oftentimes, I'll pour it into a glass. If I get beer in a can, I'm more likely to drink it out of the can. It's very strange. So, somebody says, "No, I'd never buy beer in cans. It's just not as good, is it?" It tastes different. It tastes like metal, which is not true anymore. Uh, traditionally, the can has a bad rep. Can beers shackled to stereotypes of loutish lads. Uh, I should probably do this in an accent since it's Telegraph UK, right? Canned beer is shackled to stereotypes of loutish lads in the lousy moment when you take that last warm mouthful from the tin. 
And then there's the liquid that it contains, often super strength lager, or uninteresting and largely flavorless beer. But things are changing in Britain and beyond, and we're seeing that cans are in fact a great vessel for better tasting beer. Um, you get the, the uh, craft brewers over in England are starting to add canning lines. Camden Town. They were the first British brewery to add a canning line in 2014, or 2013, soon followed in 2014 by two other London brewers, Beavertown, <laughs> Beavertown, and Four Pure, who both had their full ranges of beers and bottles and cans. Um, and then they go into many canned American craft beers, too. Uh, the answer lies in the freshness of the beer. There are three things that can spoil packaged beer. Heat, oxygen, and light. As long as they're filled and stored correctly, bottles and cans are equally effective at eliminating the negative effects of heat and oxygen. But light is another matter. And obviously, cans are still better at protecting from that. So, I mean, if the if the beer is separated from the metal by that polymer layer, then there there's really no excuse. Um... Let's see. I'm actually curious. I want to see the results here of this poll here. It says, do you prefer the taste of beer out of a can, a bottle, a can, or a bottle? It makes no difference. Uh, 61.22% said a bottle, 14.67% said a can, and 24% said a can or a bottle. It makes no difference. Interesting. Um, yeah, as for the common complaint, the beer tastes metallic from a can... I have one question. Have you been drinking the beer straight from the can? If so, then of course it tastes like metal because your lips and tongue are touching the tin. On the inside of beer cans, there's a lining between the liquid and the tin to prevent transfer of flavor. But you know what? Even still, I, I drink beer from the can all the time. It does not taste metallic. I mean, I don't know. Maybe these people are fucking chewing on the, the rim of it or something. Um, the humble tinny offers other benefits for the drinker. Carrying a case of cans is far easier than a box of bottles thanks to the tins being lightweight. Yeah, this is true. It's much easier to wrangle a 12-pack of cans into my house um, secretly than it is to get a 12-pack of bottles. Um, when you get that case home, they'll stack neatly in your fridge. Yes, that is true, too. I don't have enough space in my fridge for all the bottles I want to put in there. Cans, oh, they stack, and it's wonderful. Plus, they cool down quicker if you're thirsty after carrying them. Um, take the tins to places where bottles rarely go, like to the beach or up a mountain or onto the golf course or uh, theoretically in my car during my lunch break because drinking a bottle would be terribly obvious were I to pop that open, um, you know, on my lunch break. But a can, that, that could be a soda. Who knows? Allegedly. Completely allegedly. Um... Let's see. If the UK had the same percentage of breweries canning their beers in the US, then there'd be over 250 of them. While we aren't quite there yet, the numbers are increasing rapidly. Uh, okay, I'm talking about Six Point Brewery, too. So, uh, apparently in Eng in England, they're starting to, to catch on to the whole, the whole uh, canning of a beer. But it, it, it is strange that that debate still persists when it it, it it doesn't really apply anymore. The whole metallic flavor and all that shit. It, it, technology's advanced to the point where there is no difference. And, you know, you're not going to get skunked beer in a can. It is virtually impossible, I'd say, unless somehow you have, you know, a see-through can. That would be my guess. Um, according to Hank Hill, beer in a can is um, automatically colder, said Roy Black on crack. See, I, I, can't, uh, I can't do a Hank Hill voice. 
Uh, don't forget the brown bag. <laughs> uh, damn it, Bobby. See, that, that, that's about it, and that's not even very good. Um. Oh, yes. Finally an acceptable way to have beer for breakfast. I mean, socially acceptable. I, I accept that sometimes I do like to have a beer for breakfast, and there's nobody going to stop me except for, well, probably my job. But on the weekends, and, you know, all bets are off. You know, go for a run and then uh, have some beer. This is, uh, let's see, a Vermont woman, and I got this from uh, news.nextglass.co. A uh, Vermont woman has created a spreadable version of our favorite boozy beverage by making it into jelly. Now, I saw another article. Um, I think it was something based out of, I want to say Germany, where it was it was another spreadable. It was actually being marketed as spreadable beer, and it had like the consistency of pate. <laughs> Ugh. That doesn't sound good. You know, or like hummus, something like that. This is jelly. I can see beer jelly. I mean, you know, you have, you know, your fruit jellies, but then you have something like mint jelly. You have jalapeno jelly, you know, things like that. Why not beer jelly? Um, the one actually in the article here, I'll, I'll post the image in the chat. And if you're not in the chat, moreliteradio.com slash live. I know it's a little late for that, but whatever. Um, this is an example of it. This one that I'm posting is the Hefeweizen with orange beer jelly. Um, They say necessity is the mother of invention, and the case of beer jelly is no different. Nancy Warner, owner of Pot Liquor Kitchen, a Vermont-based artisanal food purveyor, ran out of fruit one cold winter day. This wouldn't have been a huge deal except for the fact that Warner has a serious canning addiction. Oh, see, they, they say we have an addiction to our beers, but canning, that's worse. My mom used to do a lot of canning back in the day. Oh, fucking homemade rhubarb jam. Oh, you can't beat that. Oh, and oh, she'd make homemade oh cream of broccoli soup. God damn. See, now I want to get into canning. After jamming all the fruit in my house up my vagina. No, wait, that's not what she said. After jamming all the fruit in my house, I decided to make a jelly out of wine, which is an old technique. But I really like the taste of beer, so I developed a recipe that used only beer. Uh, the result, Pot, pot Liquor's Kitchen new line of beer jelly, including flavors like oatmeal stout. See, okay, a flavor like oatmeal stout, could you imagine that on an English muffin? That would be fantastic. Uh, Hefeweizen and a bitter IPA. Okay, you know what, the Hefeweizen, you, you maybe do some of that on a little bit of wheat bread. Uh, the bitter IPA, ah, do that on some rye. Mm-hmm. The fruit is made, or the spread is made from fruit, spices, and locally brewed beer. Uh, if you love the idea in theory, but are worried about getting a breakfast buzz from your wheat toast, never fear. Each jelly contains less than 05 percent of alcohol due to the repeated boiling during the jelly making process. Boo! I want to get drunk at breakfast. Um, Warner says people who don't like beer or jelly tend to like her spread. She recommends pairing the product with cheese or some word I don't understand, uh, charcuterie, I guess. Or to glaze, ooh, or to glaze grilled meat for a truly delicious experience. I see apricot ale. Uh, I see green mountain ale. I see India pale ale. Um, and apparently they are at the uh, thepotlicker.com. Now let's see if they are selling this stuff online because if they are, I would be very, very, very tempted to uh, to purchase some of this. Um, 
Let's see. Ooh, they make they do pickles too. Awesome. Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, some recipes for beer, jelly, glazed chicken wings, caramel corn, PB and J muffins. That sounds good. Short ribs, baked salmon. Yes, glazed ham. God damn. Okay, potlickerkitchen.com. Let's see how much this will cost me. Um, ooh, okay. Uh, oh, son of a bitch. Okay, the dark side. Now, I don't know. Okay, uh, there's a beer jelly, a wine jelly, and a, jam, a regular jam in this one. We have uh, oatmeal stout. We have burgundy anise. That's the wine jelly. And then strawberry chipotle jam. That sounds goddamn delicious 21 dollars that for for you know home crafted artisanal stuff that ain't bad um know your abc's apple pie jelly uh blueberry sage jam carrot cake jam god damn <laughs> i'm rhyming fuck um here we go best sellers 2013 for 39 bucks let's look at this one this has oatmeal stout black ipa uh, spiced wine, wine jelly, green mountain ale, strawberry chipotle, and carrot cake jam. Son of a bitch. See, the problem is, I, I would really want to order this uh, best sellers one. I mean, shit for only 39 bucks. I, I'm curious what shipping is. I'm going to bookmark this anyway, because I'm a glutton for punishment. But um, the problem is, I, I don't eat I don't eat jelly and jam enough. <laughs> I, 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 I don't regularly eat toast or english muffins even though i would really like to but um i you know I, I hit my goal weight on monday and i don't want to fuck that up otherwise you know i could buy one jar of something for uh for seven bucks or the dark and beery three of them for 21 can i just get the oatmeal stout do they sell the oatmeal stout in yeah they do sell the oatmeal stout individually and they have a oh, they got a porter they got a fucking pumpkin ale uh raspberry hefeweizen god damn it potlickerkitchen.com they're not a sponsor but check it out because oh my god it looks good jelly 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 uh and oh what the hell oh yeah the the, the that joke um what's the difference between uh jam and jelly well i can't jelly my cock down your throat <laughs> sorry i know I'm, I'm too good to work blue Ah, let's move on to something else here. Uh, DNAinfo.com. Archaeologists have recreated beer from the 1800s, and apparently it tastes minty. Ah, this is, let's see, DNA Info New York. Archaeologists who recently recreated a recipe for centuries-old beer have brewed up a limited five-gallon supply, which they're offering on an upcoming historic pub crawl. Now, this was from late last month, so... Um, they actually did this at the beginning of September. Crack open my last beer here. Um, the team at Chrysalis Archaeology discovered a glass bottle embossed with the label California Pop Beer, dating back to the 1800s during an ex excavation. Damn, that's a that's a word I have problems with. Beneath a hotel site at 50 Bowery earlier this year. They then researched the recipe for the drink, brewed up a limited edition supply they shared during their tour through the East Village September 6th. It's actually pretty refreshing, said Alyssa Luria, president of Chrysalis. You add some wintergreen, spruce oil, ginger root, and sassafras to brew with hops, and even though it sounds really weird, it tastes rather good. 
Now I could I could see that working. Uh, the mint beers I've had, the balance has just been completely off with it, um, and I think it's because maybe I don't know if they're using more artificial mint flavoring rather than full on natural for that subtleness. But anyway. Uh, the archaeologists dig also unearthed hundreds of liquor and medicinal bottles, including ones labeled the Elixir of Long Life. Luria and her team first rec- recreated the Elixir of Long Life recipe, then they decided to continue their experimental archaeology by making the beer as well. The Elixir was so bitter, but the beer sounded like it might actually taste okay, so we figured let's try it out. It took a couple weeks to brew, but it turned out pretty well. Um, California pop beer... Oh! Damn. Okay, I did not know this. California pop beer was originally made more than 150 years ago in a brewery in Newark, New Jersey. According to the archaeologists, they believe it was served in the Atlantic Tavern, a German beer hall that opened at 50 Bowery around 1860. The venue was a fashionable spot to eat German food, listen to music, and drink beer. Uh, Team will offer sips of California pop beer, blah, 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 pub crawl, blah, blah, blah. Um, Oh, damn. See, this... This, this would have been awesome, but I, I never have a chance to get into the city. The curse of having two little kids. Um, it was a two-and-a-half-hour tour. Tickets were 10 bucks. It was a walking and drinking tour, stopping at some of the city's oldest bars, including McSorley's and Pete's Tavern. Um, let's see. The, uh, the $10 included the historic minty beer, but not other drinks purchased at the bars, which understandable. Uh, the crawl ended at Old Town Bar with snacks and conversation with Luria and the historians, and the tour was likely capped at 20 people. Uh, oh, damn. There's actually... There is a recipe for this. Um, makes about five gallons. Uh, wheat flour, cold water, hops, ground malt, grain alcohol. Then for the essence, grain alcohol, wintergreen oil, sassafras oil, spruce oil. Then, for the final step, more hops, cream of tartar, ginger, more water, and sugar. Very, very interesting. If I was, uh, if I was a better, uh, if I was a better brewer and, uh, wasn't using, you know, straight up kits and stuff right now, I would try my hand at this. Maybe I should send this recipe to, uh, to Marianne and see if, uh, her husband Rob would like to try making California pop beer. And, um, God damn, th- th- there, there is one comment on this article and I think it's spam, but I'm not sure. It's from Gerard Christopher. Um, I'm going to read this in the, the accent that I think it might be in. So he died with a drug overdose, a good smack of black tie heroin dope, but he did have blood, but blood, blood, blood pressure. And he did take insulin shot for sugar. Wow, good health. So we have legalized weed. Then everybody say we can legalize heroin crack. Sound good to everybody because it don't cause no high blood pressure. It costs sweet sugar insulin. Store open 8 a.m., 9 p.m. Close. We'll be take order over the mail. You got me. I have no idea what the fuck was going on there. Either somebody had a fucking seizure or it was just one of those spam comments. Um, let's go with this last one. This, this, is, this is a list, but this is a list that is near and dear to my heart because I think it describes me uh, pretty damn well. This is from Boozy.com, 12 Signs You've Outgrown the Bar Scene. I was, I was never really in the bar scene, to be fair, but... Uh, I, I've definitely outgrown it. 
Uh, sign number one, wearing stuff that is marketed to younger people. There's nothing wrong with looking good, but don't kid yourself. There's some shit you don't want to wear if you're looking to be taken seriously like all the other adults that hate their jobs. It make you, makes you look twice as old and clearly makes you look like you're trying too hard. Now, do my, like, band t-shirts, my beer t-shirts, and, like, you know, my, my polo shirts from from um, Aeropostale and stuff like that, it, it, I don't know, am, am I too old for those? I mean, shit, if, if I shave my beard off, you know, it, I have such a goddamn baby face, I could probably pass for 18. You know, people at, at my job hardly believe that I'm 35. Um... But I don't know. I look young, so I dress kind of young. I don't go out to the bars anyway, though, so it doesn't really make much of a difference. And I definitely am not going out clubbing. Sign number two. Um, Mitch may be interested in this one. Conversational topics move from drinking to conspiracy theories. When you can't help but say shit about the president, Fox News, and government scandals, you may want to get the fuck out. You're not getting laid there. Go find people that want to be smart, and we'll bang your brains out for that very reason. Sign number three is me. You're pretending to have fun to music you hate at a volume that bothers you. Uh, the bar scene was made for drinking, loud noise, and yelling. If you're starting to feel uncomfortable because there's a Juicy J song that's making your ears bleed, it may be time for a new scene. I don't even know who or what a Juicy J is. Uh, sign number four, your hangovers last half a week. Eh, no. Half a day, maybe. Uh, sign number five, you can't stay until bar close. And if you can't stay up late, leave. Eh, fuck you, fuck you. I've closed down bars before. Mind you, I was, uh, like, 21 at the time. But fuck you anyway. Uh, sign number six. You stand against the wall way more than you actually talk to people and dance. And to be fair, I, I, don't, I don't just do that at bars. I do that everywhere. You know, any kind of social setting. I mean, me and, me and Punchy on uh, Twitter today were both discussing what uh, socially awkward douche messes we are and uh you know all the you know planning a conversation out in your head in advance um thinking ahead in a conversation while not paying attention to the conversation that's actually going on right in front of you at the moment wonderful things like that so it's no wonder i'd stand against the wall way more than i'd talk to people um the comment on here you have all kinds of walls at home why not lean up against one of those at least you can masturbate and not get kicked out Sign number seven, you watch TV the whole fucking time you're there. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I've, I've been known to do that at a bar too. Even when, I'm, even when I'm with a group of people and for some reason or another, I feel uncomfortable and it's like I, I got to do something and, you know, got to look at something, got to pay attention to something. Uh comment here go home i'm literally dying just watching you stare at a csi miami rerun you should be drinking and try and have sex with anything anything please sign number eight you call your parents from the bar or take calls from your parents at the bar no i have never done that uh if any conversation you have at the bar on a cell phone starts with hey mom dad you will no longer be getting laid there just drink heavy let the bouncer carry you out sign number nine um i will load this in with uh watching tv the whole fucking time i'm there uh, you play games on your cell phone. You may not have outgrown the bar scene, but you sure as hell not ready. You're supposed to drink and interact with real humans. Pull the phone out for these reasons. Sex. And again, it, thank God. Thank God that I am the age I am at in the age of cell phones. You know, at the um, at the social level I am at because if I did not have a cell phone in certain situations, 
ugh, I would I would I would dive into traffic. That that is what would happen. Um you like money more than head. Sign number ten. Now you may actually be looking at money as something to be invested and understand that you want to be rich more than you want to be want to get laid and drunk. Good for you. Go connect with some good friends and save your hard earned cash. When you get enough money, you can let people chase the carrot by having sex with you. Um Sign number 11, you want to spank people for being dumb more than fun, even though it's always fun. After a while, people get smarter and look deeper. The bar scene is not for that. You might actually get frustrated trying to have an intelligent conversation with someone who can't even process words over four syllables. Find a better scene for people like that. It's out there for you. I hate dumb people. I encounter them every day at work. Um, Here's an example. Well, my VGA cable, it, it, it would plug in just fine in this one building, but I went to another building and plugged it in, and, and it didn't fit. Um, these, these are all universal ports. I mean, they're the same ports in every room. Well, my, mine didn't fit. But, but if, it, if it fits in one building, it, it's going to fit in the other. They're all the same. That's like saying, you know, I plugged it into this outlet, and then it didn't fit into this outlet. And unless you're in a different country, it's all the same. But it, it, it didn't fit. It, it, was, it was too big. What the hell are you talking about? And sign number 12. You can easily call someone who will bring you booze and fuck your brains out. You've officially beat the bar scene. Congratulations. I recommend showing off. Yes, my, my wife will sometimes buy me beer, and I do appreciate that. Um, and you know what? Since it is uh, getting to be that time, I suppose I should probably break out the new beer releases and reveals. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm putting a call out to the listeners, too. If anybody wants to make a stinger for the new beer releases and reveals for the week, um, the call is out to you. If, if you want to uh, if you want to try and make something for me, as long as it has a decent production value to it, go for it. Because my creativity is fucking stagnant right now. Um, so let's see. Where do I start? Um, well, I was talking about Terrapin earlier in the show. And um, yeah, speaking of terrapin, like, white white chocolate muhu or not white chocolate, uh, regular um, um, chocolate muhu. That was it. Muhu muhu milk stout. What, muhu chocolate milk stout. That's what it is. God damn it. Um, that was one I had built myself up to, and I was very blah on it. I tasted it again, and I realized, oh yeah, it is just kind of blah. For for a, for a milk stout, it is just too bitter. Uh, I know chocolate has a tendency to be bitter, but Little little tangent there, but Terrapin Muhukiato. So it's, you know, kind of macchiato. You get that? Um, I will say this. I like the artwork that Terrapin does, and I've had a lot of great Terrapin beers too, so I, I can't knock them. For some reason, Muhu is one of their most popular, and it's one of my least favorite from them. I don't understand why that is. But anyway, um, this is a very cute picture of their, their Terrapin uh, dressed up like a cow. Uh, it is a chocolate espresso milk stout, the fourth offering in their reserve series. I don't think I have to worry about trying this one because I never seem to find the reserve series out here anyway. But it features cocoa nibs from Olive and Sinclair in Nashville, Tennessee, along with the addition <coughs> ooh, excuse me, of Jittery Joe's Coffee. Uh, release is still to be determined on it. It's going to be in 22-ounce bombers and on draft with limited availability, and it is 6.1% ABV. So pretty, uh, not not quite sessionable, but uh, it's, it's at a decent, decent level there. Uh, this is the one I teased before 
the break. This is a new one from Red Stripe, which is kind of weird. This is Red Stripe Ginger Zing. Um, I actually like Red Stripe. And another um, one from that brewer, Desnos and Gettys, um, uh, Dragon Stout. Uh, actually one of my favorite stout. Uh, very different, a good entry-level stout. I've said it before. Um, so I'd, I'd try this one. It's a pale lager with ginger. I'm a little pickier when it comes to ginger in my beers, but I, I this is one I have a feeling I could probably find in a build a six-pack. And even if I did just get a six-pack of it, I mean, they're 11.2-ounce bottles. It's low alcohol. It's a 4.1%. Um Still don't know when it's releasing, but I, I get a feeling probably by the end of the year with this one. So keep an eye out for that if you like Red Stripe. And again, if um, if you're if you're not sure about stouts, try Dragon Stout by the makers of Red Stripe, and it's actually really really good. Um, what do I got next here? Uh, this is one uh, another one. Uh, this is another one I'm not going to see because uh, the brewers are not in my area, but I still report on them anyway. Because I am an equal opportunity beer reporter. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, this is from Hardywood and Cigar City. It's a collaboration called The Milkman. Uh, it's a chocolate milk stout featuring chocolate malts. And you know what? Chocolate milk stouts seem to be... Uh, I don't know. There seems to be a, a lot of them popping up more and more lately. So I'm wondering if that may be the next big style. Not even just straight up milk stouts, but chocolate milk stouts. But anyway, um, chocolate milk stout featuring chocolate malts, cocoa nibs, and milk sugar. This clocks in at a absolutely ridiculous 13.5% ABV. Um, me, I, I would worry that the, an alcohol content like that would overwhelm the flavors, but Cigar City has a tendency to know what they're doing. Um, let me see if I can read the label a little bit more. Hardywood proudly combines forces with Cigar City Brewing of Tampa, Florida to bring you a whole new milk stout experience. Hardywood's Milkman Chocolate Milk Stout packs a full body and palate coating viscosity. Heaps of chocolate malts and a massive addition of gourmet cocoa nibs meld with a generous dose of milk sugar to satisfy the biggest chocolate craving. Oh, interesting. Uh, if you dig this beer, try the Milkmaid a white milk stout. I guess I had to specify, you know, chocolate versus white milk. Fucking racist. Um, <laughs> by our friends at Cigar City Brewing. Um, oh, interesting. And I guess if you mix the milkman and the milkmaid, you get the heifer. The chemistry between the milkmaid and the milkman is undeniable. Combine the two together and you'll experience the yin and yang of milk stouts. Full of luscious chocolate and mellow coffee notes, a voluptuous body, and a smooth, creamy finish, this heavenly blend is affectionately dubbed the Heifer. Now, that's kind of cool. Um, a brewery, like, actually endorsing the mixing of the two beers there. You don't often see that. I know, like, um, what is it? I think I think Bass does, like, a black and tan six-pack where you're supposed to mix those. I, uh, I want to say... Either Blue Moon or uh, either Blue Moon or Shock Top does something like that too. Yes, I know not craft, but still, um, they do like a mixed pack like that where you're supposed to mix them. But otherwise, you know, you don't really see Guinness um, touting the um, 
fuck. And I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the name of the um uh oh uh Black Velvet, the Guinness and a cider. Um uh black and blue with like you know Guinness and blueberry and shit. You know, you know, I have enough of this blueberry now. There's gonna be a point where I'm gonna get some Guinness and mix it with that too. So I can mix the shake and the blueberry. Cause like I said, I had to buy a case of twenty four. So I'm I'm with this for a while. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll give some out to people too. Um, but um, I, I'm I'm surprised that more. Well, I guess the craft beer community is more like that. Where they, I mean, obviously there's a collaboration between the breweries too, so they're more inclined to do that. But most breweries especially macro brews, they're not going to say, hey, you know, buy our beer and then buy this other beer that isn't even made by us and mix them together. I can kind of understand that. I mean, if Guinness had a cider, okay. Um, so, I don't know. Or if Guinness did a blueberry, which they're not going to. But uh, From Destile, Wild Sour Series is showing up in cans. This is a series I don't think I'm going to see locally. I've I must admit, I have not heard of this company, but it sounds good to me. Uh, it's the uh, let's see, the first Wild Series can to hit the market. It's going to be Here Goes Nothing, which will be the brewery's flagship year-round canned sour, traditional Leipzig-style Gose at five percent ABV. Now that's actually pretty fucking awesome that a Gose is going to be the flagship beer of a brewer. I like that, an American brewer, no less. I'm assuming American Brewer. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. November, uh, the uh, Flanders Red releases with an initial impression of tart cherries and sour candy at 6.1% ABV. Again, an- another style I fucking love. Two right there. Uh, March, you get Counterclockwise. I like the play on that. Uh, 3% ABV Berliner style Weiss. Okay. They're three for three so far. And then finally, in June 2015, Lindbrook Raspberry Sour Ale, a fruited Berliner-style Weiss that actually recently won a gold medal at both BTI's World Beer Championship and the Indiana State Fair. Son of a bitch. (sighs) The wild sour beers will hit the shelves in four packs of 12-ounce cans in all 13 markets the brewery currently distributes to, including... Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Iowa, Louisiana, Oregon, Washington, and Florida. So I might have to try and seek these out in Pennsylvania unless some kind soul, hint, hint, uh, would like to send me some. You can email me, mlralcoholbyvolume at gmail.com. I'm listening. And uh, let's see, the last one I got here. Uh, it's actually a new uh, new rotating series from Woodchuck. Uh, let me get the image here. The art on this one is actually pretty good. So, And I don't have anything against Woodchuck. I just don't typically drink... I, I don't typically drink Angry Orchard and Woodchuck when I go for ciders. I, I go for... Um, I don't know. Just more random stuff that I'm not necessarily familiar with. I, I do have a tendency to drink Woodchuck like the... Um, the seller series, but that's usually about it. But this this one I would check out. Um, it's called Out on a Limb, and it's a rotating six pack. The package art is going to remain the same throughout um, the releases. So the beers are going to change, 
or not the beers, the ciders are going to change, but the package art's going to remain the same. The first release is Woodchuck uh, Chocolate Raspberry, a cider infused with uh, cacao nibs and raspberries that offset the apple notes. Uh-huh. And it should be launching next month in 12-ounce six-packs. It looks like the uh, chocolate raspberry is going to be 5.5% ABV. And with that, that's uh, pretty much it for the show this week. I thank the uh, the guests in the chat this week. I appreciate you popping in. If there is a local beer you think I should try, kind of like I was saying with the uh, Destile, appreciate it. Uh, drop me an email, mlralcoholbyvolume at gmail.com. I am always happy to work out a beer trade. There, there's stuff out here. You want sweet, sweet baby Jesus? I got it out here. Um, there's a lot of other random, a lot of different New Jersey beers. Good stuff out here. The ABV beer tasting list. Again, I've been lax with updating this, but I'm going to try and get some this week. Uh, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Check out what we're talking about the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcoholbyvolume. Like the ABV Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Uh, I got to give a shout out to the um, the people from the uh, Beer Drinkers United group on Facebook that also liked the Facebook page. If you're listening tonight, thank you very much. I appreciate the support. Follow me on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol, or uh, you can just uh, tweet at me at Adicius, E-D-I-C-I-U-S. Uh, look me up on untapped. Alcohol by volume, all one word. And uh, if you're interested in it, don't forget to check out Stoutful. It's that new app for Android. Uh, look it up on Reddit, Stoutful, new beer Android app. <coughs> oh, I think it's about time I go. Come up next, my time now with J5. Uh, if he's uh, running on time, I believe he was uh, potentially running late and might not be able to make the show tonight. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in a few minutes with him. Uh, followed by Dutch and Royce. And just a little teaser, in a couple weeks, I may have a special, special returning guest on the show. I'll leave you with that. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.